This is a very strange parable. Um, commentators work very hard to try to explain how Jesus could possibly use this story as an illustration for the children of God. Uh, this man uh, in the story, the hero, so to speak, of the story, is one who um, wasn't doing a very good job in the first place, is called in and told that he will be fired, and his response is to probably to cheat his um, boss out of more money. And the boss, in the end, says, good job. <laughs> and we wonder, how in the world is that a good example? But the story goes like this. There was a rich man who had a manager, a manager of his funds. Uh, maybe today he would be a, a chief financial officer or an accountant or maybe even a CEO of the company. Uh, the manager finds out that his job is over and he must make an accounting. And I love verse 3 where it says, He thought to himself, I don't have the strength to dig dishes and I'm too proud to beg. I'm not strong enough to do manual work, and I'm too proud to beg, so what will I do? So, looking to his future, he created what he believed to be a safe landing place for himself, realizing that relationships are key. So, he called people in, and he said, how much do you owe? And when the person told, them, told him, he said, well, pay this much, much less than what they owed, thinking that these people would then owe him uh, when he lost his job and maybe he'd be able to get a new job with them or at least have a place to stay uh, when his money ran out. Now, commentators have... Uh, fallen all over themselves to try to explain that maybe maybe he wasn't doing anything really wrong. Maybe he was just canceling out the interest that the people were supposed to pay. Um, and Deuteronomy says interest is bad anyway, so he was, he was being righteous in, in making this decision. Others say, well, maybe he's just... Um, forgiving his own commission, the, the part that he would get in order to uh, make friends with them. And uh, my thought around all that is, no, <laughs> Jesus is telling the story of a, what he calls a child of this world. And the children of this world are not expected to live as the children of light. And that's part of the point of the story. Jesus says, you children of light need to live as shrewdly in this world as this child of this world. In other words, this man knew how to make things happen in this world. He knew how to get what he wanted. And in, in a way, we would say he's wise. If wisdom is a competency with regard to the realities of life, this man was wise. He was trying to create a desired future for himself. But that does not mean that Jesus is saying, therefore, go thou and do likewise, uh, also cheat and lie and, and steal, because this man did that. No, th that's not the point. Jesus is saying, you as children of light should be wise, should be careful. He uses the word shrewd, which really is 
Be wise about how you live. Be wise about how you live into the desired future that you have. And that desired future, of course, is the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God that reorients everything about our lives. Jesus makes it very clear that he's not asking us to... Um, be deceitful. In verses 10 through 12, he says, if you are faithful in little things, you will be faithful in large ones. But if you are dishonest in little things, you won't be honest with greater responsibilities. And if you are untrustworthy about worldly wealth, who will trust you with the true riches of heaven? And if you are not faithful with other people's things, why should you be trusted with things of your own? Jesus is saying, don't do as this man did. But be wise as this man was wise. Jesus does not commend dishonesty, but commends wisdom. Children of light have knowledge of greater values, greater things. And Jesus makes it very clear. Verse 9, here is the lesson. If you are looking for the lesson, if you're trying to figure out what he's, why he told this story, he makes it clear. Verse 9, here is the lesson. Use your worldly resources to benefit others and make friends. Then, when your possessions are gone, they will welcome you to an eternal dwelling. Our lives are oriented around that eternal dwelling, that promise of the, of the kingdom of God. And then um, under that, we use our worldly resources to benefit others and make friends. So we are to be wise regarding what ultimately matters, the future that is being prepared for us by Jesus Christ. We are to be wise about relationships. Use your resources to benefit others and make friends. Jonathan Edwards paints a beautiful picture of heaven as a place of love. And he says, there are things in this world that keep us from experiencing love the way it could be experienced. We all have selfishness in our hearts. So we all are looking to the other to fulfill us in some way. And they then are looking to us to fulfill them in some way. But the, the loving relationships that are waiting for us in heaven, in the new heaven and new earth, are selfless relationships where we will just care about the other and the other will care about us. Relationships in this life are often unbalanced. One cares more about the other than the other cares about them, and that can create all kinds of heartbreak sadness and grief. But there, our love will be to the full. So our love will be full for everyone and their love for us will be full for us. There will be no more death or sadness to create hurt to accompany that love, but only joy to accompany that love. What a glorious picture this is. And that is the picture that we are to convey to the world. So let us be wise with relationships. Let us be wise with this promise of the kingdom of God and the message of the promise of the kingdom of God.
Now, I'm seeing a very uh, disturbing um, pattern in many within the church today, uh, people clamoring for their rights, people uh, using all kinds of, I mean, the world today in, in ways that I've not seen before is filled with rage. People want seem to want to be outraged about one thing or another. They want to be upset. They want to be angry. They think that their goal should be to put other people down as quickly as they can, to criticize, to be unkind, and that is not the way of the children of light. Jesus says, be wise as children of light. Know how the world works and know how God's kingdom works, and therefore be wise. Uh, know um, how to live in a way that truly glorifies God. Have competency in regard to the realities of the kingdom of God. Jesus said, or Paul said of Jesus, that he did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage, but he emptied himself. That's the model for us. Jesus, who had every right to maintain his power and glory and position in heaven, didn't do it, but emptied himself to become our hero, our savior, our Lord. We are called to give to others, to bless others, as Jesus says in his answer to this parable. We are not called to create this heaven on earth. A lot of people think that if we could only get back to the time when everybody acted like they were Christian, when our values were the same in the church and outside the church, that everything would be okay. So they fight for that. They work for that. And I have to say, I don't think that's a valid way to be. Because what Jesus, what does Jesus say to the Pharisees in verse 15? You like to appear righteous in public, but God knows your hearts. What this world honors is detestable in the sight of God. So God is not asking for us to create a bunch of people or a society that looks like it's Christian if it is not Christian. And where do we measure what is Christian and what is not? In the heart, in our faith. So God wants us to reach out to people in a way that guides them to faith, to belief, to trust. Not in a way that we say they should behave a certain way and then everything will be right. That is not what God is looking for. A lot of people were disappointed in Jesus when he did not establish an earthly kingdom. But Jesus was clear that is not what he came to establish. Our focus should be on the kingdom of God, on eternity with God, and in the promise of eternity with God, and of reaching out to people to help them to know this wonderful, glorious promise. And we're not going to do it by the ways of the children of the world. We are going to do it by the ways of the children of light. Recently, I saw a post from a friend of mine who said they will know we are Christians by our political put-downs, X'd out. Our unkind memes, X'd out. Our name-calling, 
our divisive talk, they will know we are Christians by our love. Friends, I know the world is full of people putting other people in their place, and they all do it from a place of perceived righteousness. And if you feel like you're right, if you feel like you're righteous, it's so tempting to put other people in their place. But this is not the way. This is not the way that we are called to behave as believers. Now, recently I found a quote. It's attributed to Charles Spurgeon, but I can't find uh, a direct link to Spurgeon. But whoever said it, I think it's true. For us to hate those who are in error, or to talk of them with contempt, or wish them ill, or do them wrong, is not according to the Spirit of Christ. You cannot cast out Satan by Satan, nor correct error by violence, nor overcome hate by hate. The conquering weapon of the Christian is love. So Jesus says, use your worldly resources to benefit others and make friends. And this is beautiful. Make friends who will welcome you into your eternal home. In other words, make friends that you can take with you into glory, into the reign of God, and experience the glorious relationships that are only available in that eternal kingdom. In Jeremiah 29, the people in exile are told how to live, how to live in a land that does not share their values, how to live as those who are faithful to God, even as their um, surroundings are not. This is what the Lord Almighty, the God of Israel, says to all those I carried into exile from Jerusalem to Babylon. Build houses and settle down. Plant gardens and eat what they produce. Marry and have sons and daughters. Find wives for your sons and give your daughters in marriage so that they too may have sons and daughters. Increase in number there. Do not decrease. Also, listen, also Seek the peace and prosperity of the city in which, into which I have carried you. Pray to the Lord for it, because if it prospers, you too will prosper. Friends, we may not like the way the world is going, but we are called as citizens of God to continue to love those people who are trapped into the ways of this world and not to adopt the ways of this world. Jesus says, be careful, be shrewd, be wise as children of light. Finally, we are to be wise regarding our wealth. Now, Jesus never got the memo that stewardship sermons only belong in November. Many, most, a lot of the, the parables and the stories Jesus tells are about money. Not because he ever asks for money. Ever notice that? He never has an, has an offering. But he knows that money grabs the human heart more than just about anything else. So 
we have to guard against the pull that money has on the human heart in order to focus our lives most faithfully on the kingdom of God. There is a story told, not true, because we have no idea what it's going to be like as we walk the streets of heaven. But this story is of a man who uh, died and went to the pearly gates and finds Peter there. And Peter says, oh, it's, you're welcome. We've been waiting for you. It's great to see you. And uh, would you like to see your eternal dwelling place? And the man says, sure. So they get in the heavenly golf cart and start down the, the streets of gold and, and uh, beautiful, beautiful mansions, golf course behind and uh, just glorious places to live. They pass by and the man continues to look for his name on the mailbox, waiting to see uh, if maybe one of these is his and never sees it. They go then to a different kind of neighborhood, still clean and still neat, but you know, not as not as fancy as the other one. He says, "Well, I guess it would be okay if I'm here." Continues to look at, uh, for his name on the mailbox. Nothing there. Never sees it. Then they pass a an apartment complex. It looks maybe a little run down, but not too bad. And he looks for his name on the mailbox there, and it, it is not there. And then finally, they get to a rundown shack, and there his name is on that mailbox. And he says, Peter, I liked those other places a whole lot better. What's up with this? And Peter said, we used the building materials that you sent on ahead to build your dwelling place. Folks, our investments, our primary investments of time and energy of our financial resources and of our relationship should be in the kingdom of God, in what the future holds for all those who are in Jesus Christ. This is the ultimate reality and it should orient all of our lives and to be wise in this life is to be wise as a child of light, to be wise as one who lives according to the kingdom of God and in preparation for the kingdom of God with all we are and all we have.